Because these are three things that will be important, not just for you today, but they'll be important for all of 2012. You'll want to come back to this and just look at these three brief things. They're not long. Well, first of all, why did he come? Jesus came at Christmas. Why? So that your past can be forgiven. Because Jesus came at Christmas, my past can be forgiven. My past can be forgiven. Let's look at this next uh, scripture and let's actually read it out loud. Uh, It'll come up. Let's read this together. All of us have sinned, yet now God declares us not guilty of offending Him if we trust in Jesus Christ who freely takes away our sins. Now, folks, that's like really, really good news. You see, the fact is, there is none of us in this place, none of us are perfect. We're all very imperfect. I don't even measure up to my own standards, you know what I mean? Let alone God's. And we all have regrets. My oldest daughter, Jordan, who's four, this is the first year that she's really caught on to the concept of writing to Santa. And... uh, She would probably tell you she's four and a half, so that's probably why my family's laughing right now. But uh, she's really into this writing to Santa, and I bet we've written ten letters to Santa this year. So just in case Santa didn't get it the first time, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, he would finally get it. And I was really amazed at how she would write the letters, and so I started uh, watching you know, on the internet and in the newspaper, anytime there was an article about kids uh, writing letters uh, to Santa. And one little kid uh, that I was reading this wrote this. He said, Dear Santa, there are three little boys who live at our house. There's Jeffrey, he is two. There's David, he is four. There's Norman, he is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. (laughs) Folks, the problem is, is that none of us are Normans. None of us are good all of the time. We have regrets and guilt in our lives. And guilt can have one of the most devastating effects on you and I. It robs us of happiness. It causes depression. It makes people literally sick. Guilt does all kinds of things to us because we don't know how to get rid of it. And people will do all kinds of things to try to relieve their guilt. They'll take drugs, they'll go out and get trashed, they'll go to therapy, they'll go to Disneyland, they'll do all kinds of thrill adventures, they'll travel, they'll work all of the time. Anything to kind of cover up the things I wish I hadn't done in my life, or the things that I wish hadn't happened. And the reality for you and I this morning, or this evening, is that there's only one solution to all of that guilt. 
and that's forgiveness. Folks, the good news of Christmas is that God wants to forgive you. I mean, if you don't get anything else out of tonight, you just kind of leave, don't forget this, that God loves you and God wants to forgive you. He wants your conscience to be clear. And when he does, there are kind of several things that happen that you need to know. First of all, when forgiveness comes to your life, it happens instantly. He doesn't make you wait. He doesn't say, okay, you've got to do 50 different things, and then I'll forgive you. He simply says, ask for my forgiveness, and I'll give it to you. Be sincere, but I'll give it to you. It happens instantly. You don't have to wait for a long period of time until finally he's like, okay, now I'll forgive you. It's instant. Secondly, it's undeserved. You can't earn it. No matter how hard you try, no matter all the good things that you do, you can't work for it, you can't beg God for it, you can't bribe Him. It's undeserved. And finally, it's complete. The Bible says that when we confess our sins to God and we say, God, I need your forgiveness in my life, this is what he says. I will never again remember their sin. That's one of the most amazing scripture verses in the entire Bible to me. I will never again remember their sins. God forgets. The God who made the entire world, who created the universe... He says that I will choose to forget your sin once it's forgiven. It's like God has amnesia once you confess and he gives you forgiveness. He's like, I don't remember it. I mean, once you come to him and you say, Jesus Christ, I want you in my life. Forgive me. I accept you as my Savior. He's like, it's it's done. Everything that you want forgiveness for, I'll give it to you. It's like tonight. If for some reason someone would go home and they would die tonight and they go to heaven. When you get to heaven, you're like, but God, remember that divorce that I had? And and God's kind of like, what divorce? But God, you know that, that dishonesty that was in my life. He's like, what dishonesty? But God, you know that one remark that I made to my brother or my sister? He's like, what remark? It's forgiven. It's all forgiven. You see, the problem with many of us is that even though God forgives us, we don't forgive ourselves. And here's the point. When God forgets, you need to forget too. If God's already forgotten the thing that you've asked forgiveness for, why can't you do it? Why hold on to that guilt for years? When God forgives us, The scripture tells us that he takes our guilt, he goes to the deepest part of the ocean, and he buries it there. And Mother Teresa actually said that then he puts a sign on top of the water that says, no fishing allowed. And that's the truth for you. He says, don't keep dragging yourself back to what I've already forgiven you for. You see, Satan wants to hold you under guilt, But God says, it's all about forgiveness. I forgive you. Folks, your past can be forgiven. You can have a brand new, clear conscience tonight. How many of you have ever uh, painted a room, like in your house or apartment? Raise your hand here. 
Okay. How many of you ever painted a room and you get halfway done and you're like, man, I wish I could start over right now, you know? Like there's streaks coming down, it doesn't look right, the color's wrong. I remember one time Jennifer tried to pull this on me. I was gone for uh, a weekend and she decided she was going to paint uh, the entire living room by herself. And when I got back from Chicago, I walk in, and as I walk in, she's on this ladder, and it looks horrible. I mean, it looks absolutely horrible. And she looks around, and she says, how's it look? And about that time, the paint that was in her canister falls right on the floor all over the place. And I'm like, just walked out. (laughs) There's nothing I can say that's going to be helpful at this time. So the next day then, you know, we got about half the room done, but it wasn't right. How many of you have ever been halfway through a meal before and you're like, oh, I wish I could start over again? How many of you have ever been on a project before and you get halfway through the project and you're like, oh, man, I wish I could start over again? And maybe some of you, you've been halfway through your life before and you're wondering, hey, could I start over again? Well, I have some very good news for you. If you're in that camp, and it's a scripture verse, and this is what it says. It says, if anyone is in Christ, they become a new person altogether. The past is finished and gone. Everything becomes fresh and new. God says, I just don't want you to turn over a new leaf. He says, I'm going to turn you over into a new person. I'm going to give you a new life. Not just turn over the leaf, I'm going to give you new life. It's like starting all over again. It's like you've been born again. And Jesus said, I didn't come to kind of rub it in of what the things are you've done wrong. I came to rub it out. If there's anything that is good news, it's this, that God says you can be forgiven. Your past can be forgiven. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you think you've done, God says... I can forgive it. You matter to God. He cares about you. And this Christmas, He wants to forgive you. Now, most of us would say, man, that's enough for me. That sounds like some really good news. I mean, billions of people celebrate Christmas knowing that forgiveness comes through a Savior. But there's even more than that. He says, not only can I forgive your past, but secondly, He says, My present problems can be managed. He says, your present problems, not only the past, but your present problems can be managed. You know, I don't think I've met so many people over the last few months who have been stressed out than I ever have in my entire life. People are just overwhelmed. They're stressed to the max. I don't know if it's the economy or what, but people are calling me to to meet with me, people I don't even know, and they are just calling because they are stressed and overwhelmed in their life. And the thing is, is that life can wear you down. It gets to you. One out of every ten people in Delaware County right now is unemployed. And so you look around and there is stress, there's anxiety. It can wear you out. And so people all around, they're searching for power, they're searching for something in their life. And advertisers try to convince you how to do this, right? They say, we'll show you how to dress for power. We'll show you how to eat for power. 
Derek does that all the time. You know, he's eating for power. He's got power shakes that he drinks in the office. Smells, but he's getting power, you know. And there's shower for power. You know what I mean? You see these new shower heads? You can't just have like a regular shower head anymore. You have to have a shower for power. Like it just it like takes you right against the wall. You're like, ugh. And today, people are looking for additional energy in everything in their life. People say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I want to give you good news today, and it's this, that Christ who came at Christmas over 2,000 years ago, he says, I can give you power for your present problems of how to manage them. Look at this next verse in Philippians 4.13. I have the strength to face some conditions by the power Christ gives me. I have the strength to face some. Is that what it says? Does it say some? No. We've got to mark that out. That's not what it is. It is, I have the strength to face all. It says, I will give you the strength to face all of your problems. It says, how many? Not just some. It says, all of the conditions. You can face them all. Friends, many of you don't know what holds, what's going to hold in your life in 2012. But God says you can face all of those problems. I mean, God assumes responsibility of your needs. Isn't that an amazing thing? God actually says, I care about you enough that I will take care of all of your needs if you come to me. It's amazing to me. When you give your life to Christ, he says, I'll take on the responsibility. Look at this next verse. It says, God gave us His own Son. Can we trust such a God to give us everything else that we need? He says, I'll supply all of your needs. What are your needs in your life? You turn to me, I'll take care of them. And if He supplies all of our needs, folks, what's left? Nothing. Nothing's left if He can take care of all of our needs. At Christmas, we're reminded that God will forgive us of our past, that he will help us manage the problems of our present, and then finally, my future can be guaranteed. Because of Jesus coming on Christmas, your future can be guaranteed. Hebrews 2 says this, Jesus became like us to set free those who were slaves all their lives because of the fear of death. Our number one fear is death. And the reason is, I think, is because all of us are going to face it. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're educated or uneducated, if you're white or black or brown or whatever, we're all going to face death. It's a universal problem. And since it's inevitable that it's going to happen, that we're all going to die, then, then why do we fear it so much? I mean, I don't know if you've read the statistics lately, but I just saw them in the paper this morning. You know what the mortality rate is? 100%. Like it's 100%. Everybody else in history has died, and one day I'm going to die as well, so it's foolish not to be prepared. And why not be prepared tonight? 
Have you ever noticed that people get very perplexed and overwhelmed? And have you noticed people just don't like to talk about death? I mean, some of you right now, I've just said that a couple times, you're like, Bunch, it's Christmas Eve. Why are you talking about death? It's supposed to be about Frosty. Let's show the video one more time, you know? And if you're like, no, I'm not really sure, well, I'll tell you, let me give you an exercise. When you get ready to leave tonight, just call a couple of friends or ask a couple of people here. Say, hey, why don't you come over to our house? And we're going to, you know, kind of celebrate Christmas Eve after the celebration. And we're going to have some cake and pie and a little coffee. And then once everybody gets there and they all get around, just say, you know what? I thought I'd start out tonight by uh, let's just share about death and dying. Why do you guys think about that? People will be like bolting out of your house. They won't want to stay. So why do we get so nervous about it? And I think it's because we're afraid of it. And why are we afraid of it? Because we're uncertain what's going to happen when we actually meet God. I mean, you can run from God your whole life, but eventually that life ends and you can't run anymore. So how can you make certain that when you get on the other side that things are going to be okay? Well, you've got to accept the Christmas gift that God wants to give to you this Christmas. You know, the the most used word during the Christmas time is the word gift. Everybody is concerned right now whether or not they bought the right gift, right? Did I buy, did I buy, if you're a guy, you're like, did I, did I buy the right size of clothing? Because you know if you got something a little bit too big, she ain't going to be happy. And uh, you want to know if you bought the right jewelry. Because if you didn't, she's not going to be happy. And then if you're a female, you're like, did I buy the right tool? What's the difference between a Phillips and a straight edge? I, you know, put it together. Or the right toys. And God gave you the right gift over 2,000 years ago when he gave Jesus, and he gave you three things as gifts when Jesus came. Jesus came to say, your past can be forgiven, your present problems can be managed, and your future can be guaranteed. So as we kind of wrap up, the question I have is this. Have you received God's Christmas gift this year? Have you received God's Christmas gift of Jesus Christ? I mean, as you get ready for Christmas tomorrow, could you say to yourself, I've received that gift? I read a story this week in, the, in a newspaper, and uh, it was talking about a guy who got a Christmas gift over 49 years ago. 49 years ago, he got a gift. And he still hasn't opened it. I mean, think about that. 49 years you've got this gift and you still have not opened it. Isn't that strange to anybody? I mean, you know, somebody came up today and they gave me a Christmas gift from the church. Only one person has, by the way. Just joking. But he came up and he gave me a Christmas gift. And I can't imagine 
you know, just think about this. They give me a gift, and I go home, and I put it under my tree. And about three months, they come up to me, and they go, Hey, Chris, did you, uh, what did you think about my gift? And I said, Well, I, I'm sure I would love it, but I just haven't opened it yet. And they'd be like, What? What do you mean you haven't opened it yet? Well, I was thinking about it, but I got kind of busy, and I just couldn't quite open it. Well, well, why not? Well, I'll get around to it one of these days. I just haven't done it quite yet. You know, the tragedy for many people is that they celebrate Christmas year after year after year after year, but they never open the Christmas gift that God has for them. And so have you received His gift of forgiveness and strength and eternal life? He says, I freely want to give it to you. Now tonight, each one of you came here for different reasons. Some of you came because it's habit. Some of you came because it's tradition. Some of you came because a friend invited you. Some of you came because that's the family thing that we do. Some of you came for the music. Some of you came because it's just the thing to do. But regardless of why you're here tonight, God brought you here to say that I have a gift for you this Christmas. You matter to me. I love you more than you'll ever know. Some of you are sitting here, and maybe you felt real close to God at one point in your life, but you just kind of drifted away. Others of you, maybe you were connected with the church, and uh, you got burnt in some way, and so you kind of walked away. Or maybe you're open to this whole God thing, but... uh, You've just never made that decision. You're, you're kind of seeking your, it out for the first time. And I just want you to know that there is a place for you here at the jar, that you matter to us. And more importantly, you matter to God. No matter where you're out, God wants to give you a Christmas gift this year. And I challenge you not to just go through it one more year like you have, but to actually receive that gift tonight. I want to kind of uh, close us in prayer. And uh, if you'd like, I'd like you to just kind of pray this prayer after me. If you're open to that, you don't have to. Not out loud, just kind of to yourself. But uh, God wants to hear from you, and let's pray. And just like you're talking to a friend, even with kids talking and kids around, just trying to to focus in in this moment. Dear God, I don't understand all of it, but I believe that you love me. Sometimes I find it very hard to know whether or not or why you would, but... I know that you do love me. I believe that. Thank you for sending uh, Jesus Christ at Christmas. And this Christmas, I want to receive him into my life. And Jesus, as much as I know how, I want to make you real in my life. Come into my life 
Forgive me of my past. Give me the power to manage my present. And give me the promise of eternal life that one day I will be with you for eternity. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. Now, we have a tradition here at the JAR that at the end of our Christmas Eve celebration, uh, we sing uh, the hymn, Silent Night. And the reason we do that is because we think it's really important for people to have a moment to become silent before God, which you just have, and also to be able to maybe say some words of affirmation and love to the people uh, who are closest to you. You see, the reality is that we all have good intentions every single year to say things to the people that are closest to us of how much we love them. But sometimes the new year comes and then we realize that, wow, I just didn't really say what I wanted to and and it just kind of goes on. So I'm going to give you an opportunity here in just a moment to just kind of show love to the people who you're most connected with. Now, You want to do that with your family members, and for some family members, you know, a handshake is a form of love. For others, you know, they get sloppy, and they hug, and they kiss, and, you know, it gets real, you know, touchy-feely with folks. That's my family. My mom, you know, I'm 40 years old. She still kisses me on the lips. I try to move, and she just finds me. Weirds me out a little bit sometimes, but I'm learning to embrace it. And, you know, for some families, the way they show love is like, hey, I don't hate you as much as I did last year, you know? That's kind of it. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing three verses of Silent Night because sometimes it takes people a little bit of time to warm up, you know? Not all family is like mine. I realize that, you know? It takes a little time to warm up. I want to encourage you to do that, to show some words of love to the people of your family, people that you came with tonight. Now, we only have one rule in this place. If you don't know the person, don't touch them, okay? Because we don't want any weird stuff going on. Like if you're single and you really have wanted a date for a while, this is not date time, okay? This is simply a time for you to love the people that you came with, to give some words of affirmation to them. So we want you to take some time. We'll sing Silent Night, Holy Night. And uh, why don't we stand? And whatever your family dynamic is, that you could uh, show some love there.
Last verse, last chance, and Derek loves hugs and kisses, so if you want to come up. You love I have a weapon right here. <laughs> so go ahead, last verse.
Christmas, everybody. I hope you guys have a great Christmas Eve tonight, Christmas tomorrow. We'll be here in the morning. I know that you're loved in this place and have a great night until tomorrow. But don't forget donuts and go take a donut to somebody that's working tonight. I mean, Chris, we're working tonight, kind of. We get donuts too, right?